All right. Season finale, see episode eight. Oh boy. <laughs> Dude, what do you think? Crazy. I mean, like I said, as we finished wrapping up the episode, I mean, you could probably tell by my reaction, first of all. I probably said, oh shit, like, <laughs> and like oh shit. Oh shit. <laughs> I just threw out the whole episode. <laughs> yeah, it was, um, I mean, it's just kind of, once it started, it just kept going. But it was also sort of like really start the end of the last episode seven was Haniwa and Kofun cross this bridge and they're blinded by lights. Um, and then it really just picks up right, right after that. And they meet Durla Morel for the first time. And it's awkward as hell. <laughs> Definitely awkward. Um, yeah. And like what it's, it's funny when they met him, you know, he's kind of been talked about in this way throughout the whole series that he's like larger than life. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then you finally meet him and he's like, just a, just a dude. It's like, it's not a very grand welcoming. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like children. <laughs> it's like, he, he feels like, um, how is it? It's like a religious fanatic almost yeah. like right from right at the very beginning. Like he's like kind of enamored by himself or like his ideas, I guess. <laughs> and it shows really hard. And you're just like, well, he's kind of weird. <laughs> Got an ego. Yeah. It's not a small one either. A god complex, yeah. Literally. Um, and Kofun, like, I don't know, Kofun to me seems like he saw through the bullshit real fast. Yeah. And like every point he got, he's just like, oh, okay, so what about this then? And he's like poking holes. <laughs> I mean, he's skeptical the whole time. So like he gets there and he's like, still feels weird. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Baba and them couldn't come. Just something off and like, you know, it's, it, it's funny cause Hanuma was like blinded, like, you know, again, I guess the puns intended there, but like blinded, <laughs> so, <laughs> blinded in the sense where she was like wanting to get there so bad mm -hmm. there and she's like missing all these obvious cues. That's like, something's off, something's weird here, but you know, yeah, yeah. happy to be there, you know, cause I think she's establishing a little bit of a god, a god complex herself. You know what I mean? Just how she's been the whole season so far. Yeah. I think, um, like one of the things that I, I picked up on right away is like, he shows them the room and shows them the showers and all the, um, comforts of rediscovering what we would call modern life, but they call ancient. <laughs> and, um, they, they are, they're given clothes and the, so I guess as your preface, the place that they're at, this place called the House of Enlightenment is a repurposed prison, which I think is symbolic in more ways than one. Um, and they're given like leftover clothing of like the inmates, it looks like, to wear. And so everyone's kind of wearing a uniform for the first time that's not like handmade clothing. Hanwa puts on this clothing and Kofun does it. And I think that shows just like, you know, who's believing in what and like their temperaments in the situation, which is, uh, it's fascinating to me just to see that the, the continued driver is splitting, um, between the temperaments and like, you know, the, the, the question of, you know, does genetic relation mean father, 
really or fam- like does genetic relation mean family at the even at a broader scale right and you know it's it's cool because i actually i don't know if hanawa even wants family like i don't know if she like cares about that um in a sense she does and maybe she's looking for that solely in Jarla Morel because you know that god complex idea right and like she's just more than them so that can't be her family right like maybe she looks at Baba Boss like they're holding her down yeah where Kofu and I feel like he already understood like this guy left us you know what I mean like he left us before we were even born like we don't owe anything to him yeah um, but it's 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 interesting that's that's what I'm questioning like I wonder if anyone actually if her goal is family or if her goal is something more you know what i mean like yeah i think she morale wants i think her goal is closer to um like being accepted for who she is yeah because she's been living in like fear and hunted like since she was born and like like i guess there's two parts of this the first one is i there's a sense of remorse when they first get there because their rooms are next to each other and you know Kofun goes I miss dad and it's like one of the first times they kind of say this which is like oh yeah and she kind of says the same thing and I'm like okay so there's something right because it's showing that there's a difference between having someone who's your in quotes father and then you're having someone who actually raised you being around and is like actually your protector right like you can't discount the experiences of everything that has transpired up to this point. Yeah. And, um, it's, well, one part I want to mention that's funny is when they were, <laughs> when they're in the rooms, there's like a poster of Michael Jordan. Yep. I was laughing at that. Because <laughs> that like his attempt at making this feel like a home. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I was like, what, it, like, how sorry. Um, like you couldn't have bedroom posters, so I'll give them to you now. And it's like, the, like you don't know anything about us. And like he and Joe Morales like front that like he's this nice guy, and like he he cares about them, and he's like trying to make it warm. Like when he's taking them through the tour, and he keeps mentioning like these are where the children play, and this is you know this is where they study and stuff like that. I'm trying to make it seem like a family dynamic, but it's like everyone's separate. Like they said, um, like Kofu walks in and. um See the Kofun or Hanuwa, I forgot who said it, but they're like, it's strange that, you know, it was supposed to be a family. I'm paraphrasing. It's strange that, you know, we're supposed to be a family, but they have us all separated. Yeah. So like, and again, I guess if we think of what family is, as we're kind of revolving around that idea is like, is being together. So even, you know, and they were together with Baba Voss. Now that they're with Jerla Morrell, they're still not even with them. Like he's still right. away from them. So it's just like reinforcing that idea that's like this isn't a family. Like it's a it's if it's like a purpose. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Jordan Morrell's raising that raising all this stuff, not because he wants a family and because he cares about each individual person. It's like, no, I'm gonna re, you know, populate the world with side. Yeah. You know, it's it's strictly business. To me, it's like he's blinded by this destiny. And like it's only the fact that he can give people sight that he cares at all but like the individual themselves mean next to nothing which we'll elaborate on shortly um but it it just feels like this hollow attempt to be like look you're 
it's more of like using people as a tool and be like, well, you'll be, you know, great one day. Or like he says it, um, they're like in like a pool area where there's like bow and arrow targets. And he says, you know, we're, our names will be remembered in history. And my immediate thought was that he, he didn't mean like Kofun and Haniwa. And like, he means that in the history books, it'll be mean, you know, the children of Drilla Morel, not anybody else matters. Right. Right. Because <laughs> he's so egotistical, he can't get beyond that. Yeah, it's like he, he, and you know, they keep, they mention God a lot, which is, it's cool. And it makes, I mean, it, it makes sense because he keeps talking about God's this and like, they'll see us as gods. And then, um, there's a point where Kofun has a, like a short conversation. So like going through the tour, they take him to, I don't know what, like, like a, it's like a cold. Yeah. It's a cold generator. Generator. Yeah. They take him yeah. as was like digging the coal into the thing. Um, you know, Kofun pretty much. He confronts Drilla Morel about his ideas. He's like, this, this isn't, you know, this is, you're lost. You know what I mean? Like we're building this world for the sighted and Kofun's like, there's a lot more people. We can't just leave them. And Drilla Morel gives us like half baked <laughs> and to like, oh yeah, 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 they'll come too. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, sure. Yeah, they'll be here. Um, it's like whatever. And then after that confrontation, um, you know, someone pulls Kofun aside and Kofun says like, does he think he's a God? And he's like, no, he just. You know, I forget what he says, um, explicitly, but he's like, you know, this is his purpose, you know, um, this is what his purpose is, but it maybe, but also this dude, it has a God complex, like, like for sure. This guy definitely thinks he, you know, he was like blessed, like he was chosen, you know what I mean? By chance of nature, you know? Um, and when you're a special case and everyone, everyone around you is blind, you're the only person who can see. You know, he grew up with that. So he can understand the, the pathway, but now he's so lost. That's like, he's just become a, not a good person. Yeah. He's almost like delusional in the same way Queen Kane is, but like for a different reason. Yeah. Like it's the same, it's the same manifestation that she has, but for different reasons, I guess. And, and it's like this, but it's like more overt in this sense, because you haven't been like confronted with the humanity of a, of this person for this whole time. Like you only seen Drill and Ralph for minutes, you know, the, what was it? Episode one or two or two or three that he's like on screen for five minutes with a short, very short interaction with Baba Voss and that's it. Um, so like now you're basically just getting all of like, you're getting a greatest hits in like the worst aspects of this person. <laughs> And now, now you're seeing it for what he really is. And, you know, it's, it's cool that Kofun is like, nah, simple. <laughs> like he sees it from the beginning. Uh, I love Kofun for that. Like he's been like my favorite character outside of Baba Voss before obvious reasons, but for like everything that Kofu is it, Baba Voss is my, like, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, no, it's cool. It's cool. And like, I like that. I like, so this is just a construction of the, the show real quick, but mm -hmm. I, they decided to have a brother and sister take this role because it allowed them to give us that split. Yeah. And this is like, well, what side it allows the audience to choose a side, right? There's an obvious right answer. It's not like, it's not so gray, even though there's like, you can see the logical ways, like why someone would be, it's like Joe Morrell's not evil. Like, he's not like, I'm going to rule the world. And you know, it's not like that, <laughs> but like. You still morally, you can look at that and say like, he, he's getting it wrong. Right. Yeah. 
you, you have Hopefoon who hold is like the enlightened one in this scenario where he can see he's like, this is incorrect. But you have Anwar who's the blinded one. All these like puns. <laughs> but like who's a blinded one who's who just bought in like before she even knew him. She she was convinced years ago. Yeah. Her story was written. She knew what she, you know, she this is what she wanted. She's getting there. Um and uh it I I just really appreciate the fact that they like spun this on 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 its head, where you don't see Drummond this whole time. He's talked up, you know, as a savior, as a saving grace, and then immediately it's like starts crumbling, like the castle's crumbling around. Yeah, yeah. It's really interesting to me just to see, like, the. I don't know, like, like I kind of said it in the beginning is like it just like culty or. It, it kind of reminds me of like those places where people go out to the desert for like meditation retreats and it ends up being a cult. And that's kind of what it felt like. Like you just felt like there's just something about the place that was just wrong, even though like the premise of it wasn't wrong, right? Like collecting knowledge again and rebuilding society and all of this stuff. But it's almost like it it was thought about as a way of like getting back at what like well this has been done like i was treated poorly my whole life and now this is my way to like finally get my just desserts and like i think that's what uh kofun was rebelling against like he's like no like just because people don't understand you doesn't make it like okay for you to hurt them because you have you know something they don't have or vice versa um and i and i think that's the like you know that's how you break the cycle right (laughs) like of all this pain or you know, stumbling in the dark as he kind of uh, as a uh, Jerlyn Morrell calls it, and then the like the big I guess climax of this episode is that he meets with a general. Uh, I forget what they call him, the Terra Terra. Let me look it up real quick. A mysterious uh, Trevantian. Okay. So there's a so there's a colonel from that tribe shows up and he's asking for the children of Baba Voss and Kofun kind of hears what's going on and is kind of confused. And he's already been suspicious as we've <laughs> beaten to death at this point. And, um, he hears this like, interaction and he's like, you can't have the son, but I'll give you Hanwa. And I'm like, Oh boy, because now here's, here it is this whole time that, Hanu has been bought in and she thinks my father's going to accept me. I'm, it's going to be great and all this stuff. And now he like, it's been maybe a day and she's being given away. Like, this is crazy. Think about that. Hold up. There's like, hold on. I just want to comment on this, <laughs> right? She, you know, Hanu has been waiting her whole life, right? I don't, she's probably like what, 17 ish. Yeah. 17, 18. Around that, you know what I mean? Around that age. Her whole life to meet this dude. She finally gets there. And this man in not even a day or like one day later is like, hey, yeah, you got to have her fam. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just so wild. And, and, and a question that brings up to me, I've, oh, when I first watched this and even now, I am confused and curious why um, Drilla Morrell didn't give them Kofu. Because... Hanu already bought into the world he's trying to build, right? Yeah. You think, get rid of the one who's like, like send the one who's not buying in, just 
take him. Um, so I, I was looking for the answer to that on this watch, and I don't know that it was explicitly answered. So I think it's he let it slip because when they were at the pool scene, he says, eventually one day people, other tribes will come here for us to father children, sighted children. And so I think what he sees is he's basically identifying with like old tribalistic ideas that the men pass on this gene of sight. And so basically he's trying to create a dynasty of sighted children. And it's, you know, because if it's a, a patriarchal society, men accrue, you know, those lineage benefits more so than women. And so, so I think that's why he's willing to give away Hanwa. I think he's willing to give her away because the men are more important, at least in his like grand design of bringing sight back into the human race than women. Yeah, that, that answers that. I didn't catch that. And so right there, you can, you can tell that he's, he's full of shit. Like, right. You can tell this guy's full of shit because if you really wanted to create this world and, you know, spread this, this power, this blessing, whatever you want to call it, of having sight. You would think he'd stay Kofun, go there and, you know, populate that village so then they can have sighted people to like get integration. But clearly he's just contradicting himself. That's not what he's interested in at all. Yeah. Not. <laughs> it's just destiny. It's just, it's just him for, you know, being remembered in the annals of history. It has nothing to do with what the, like the people that it affects, you know, like, you, I don't know. It just. It feels so strange to me because, like, how could you? Uh, maybe it's because this character has left his children behind forever. But like, <laughs> like, how could you just have children and be like, yeah, that one's okay. You can, yeah, she's she's good. You know, take her away. Yeah, <laughs> I honestly like. There's everything in the fiber of my being would be like, yeah, you could fuck right off. <laughs> yeah. There's even a line where he's like. You know, when he's like, you can only have one and they kind of like step up to him. They're like, are you sure you want to do that? And he's like, you're outnumbered. We have weapons. You don't want to do this. And they're like, okay. So if he was a good person, he could have just been like, nah, you can't have either of them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. Like we're going to call back to this, but it's, um, this idea that, you know, he, you know, he believes in this higher power, whatever it is, like a God, right. But, and God makes all these decisions, but it's just funny because all the decisions happen to work in his favor. This comes back at another point in the episode when we get there. Um, but it seems like all these decisions he's making is like, oh, we need to do this because, you know, God tasked us with this and this. It's like, but you're making these very selfish decisions. Like you're going to village, like he was going to village. He populated that whole place, right? Like all of those people are hurt, his, his kids. Yeah. So he formed up random villages doing his thing, getting busy, getting him pregnant and then saying, all right, peace, come find me. <laughs> or, come right. find me. or peace out. Doing all this stuff. But then when now, when they're like, oh, we're going to build this world and he gets tasked with like, okay, well let's integrate it. He's like, no, we're not going to do that. You know what I mean? We don't yeah. need, we don't need her cause she can't carry, she doesn't carry the, the trait or whatever. Um, right. Or she won't be able to pass it on. I mean, it's, it's a very cleverly written bad guy because he's not so outwardly bad, but he's like, yeah, you're a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, and like, he tries to even convince Kofun, like after the, he sees this whole interaction and that one, the, 
only other oldest uh, son, I guess, catches Kofun kind of sneaking around and then knocks him out and they kind of have this interaction in the cell and he's like, we, we're going to have the strongest army soon and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, I don't, I don't know, it's like he's only thinking about like power dynamics and it's just about like attempting control. And again, why, like why I compared him to Queen Kane because it's all about control. Um, and maybe that's why they didn't work because they both want so much power. <laughs> yeah, that's a perfect comparison. He is like, he's the same. I mean, essentially he's the same as her. He might be like ex, like outwardly kinder, you know, on the surface, but his intentions are no different than hers. Yeah. And so with that, should we jump to Queen Kane's, uh, I don't even know what you call it, predicament? <laughs> I'm this okay, so it's funny because actually Queen Kane's that plot line for the finale is more I was more interested in that in this than the finale. Um just because he kind of wrapping it up where it left off in the last episode where uh Tamakti June, they're kind of left with this question, like, you know, she tells him that there is no city and she <laughs> I destroyed the city. So they have no home to go to. And Tamakti June's like, okay, well, basically it's like we might need to, you know, rethink who's the queen here. Um, so where, where does it open? It opens with, I might jump ahead a little bit, but I think this is important to bring up first because it sets up the end. Um, they, they take a prisoner and this was the, the lady who helped Queen Kane, um, kind of get out. Like she was the one who Queen Kane confessed to, and then she like ended up being the one who helped. Right. So they imprison that woman. They say, don't, you know, talk to Mark the Jones, like, don't speak to her, just leave her there. Um, now what's his name? Uh, Boots is, you know, standing guard at her tent, whatever you want to call it. And she's, you know, whispering sweet nothings in his ear. Like, you know, essentially she's like, you know, you're the lieutenant for a princess, that being Magra, you know what I mean? Like she's trusted you. And she's like, so I, I know you work for her. I know Tamak June doesn't like you. And she's like, I can tell by how he speaks to you. Right. And she's like, it's nice to be lieutenant for a princess but it's much nicer being the lieutenant for a queen, right? She just kind of leaves it there. <laughs> like, what's that? He's like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> but I, I feel like that is like what sets the stage for this whole uh, plot. Pow power keg, if you want to call it that. It's like lights the fuse and then you're just waiting. Yeah. But um, yeah, and then, you know, and then from there you have Tamak Tajun and Magra kind of figuring out they're like, what are we, how do we get through this? Cause Tamakti June and this, again, I mentioned this on the last one, um, how I like how they're making the soldiers like an actual thing. Like, it's not just like, you know, in a lot of like war movies, all of a sudden they have their army, but they're just like extras, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm a, a soul or anything, but here they're like, you know, their homes are gone. Their wives and their kids are gone. They're gonna, they're gonna mutiny essentially. Like when they find this out. So we have to keep them from finding that out. You know what I mean? Like they, they can't know, like we're all gonna, they're gonna kill us. <laughs> like we're outnumbered by a lot. Um, so basically Tamakta June is like, she, Queen Kane can't be the queen anymore. And she can either step down peacefully or we'll do it for her essentially. Um, and it's cool that Magra is like, okay. You yeah. Know? It, it, like the way this went down, I was not expecting it. 
like I knew something had to change, right? Because like as soon as they brought up the, the soldiers, like, you know, they find out like, oh, by the way, you know, there's no home to go back to, to anymore. Like, yeah, heads are going to roll if you. you sh- <laughs> and they don't have purpose, you know, they, they won't have purpose. Like we spent just 20 years of their lives. They've been searching and doing this for their families to go home to to go home to at some point when their mission is accomplished. So then you're going to tell them, oh yeah, you don't have a family to go home to. That's, that's crazy. It's, that's like a big deal. You know what I mean? I like, I like how they brought that up because that's something that a lot of times can't be glossed over. And it just uh, shows how good of a leader Tamakta June is. Like right. there's a, like there's a reason these guys respect him as much as they do. You know, it's, it's almost like they don't follow Queen Kane because she's such a, like a, a fair or just ruler. It's more of Tamakta June is just that good at being a general. <laughs> and, and he's loyal, not only to her. And we talked about how loyal he was and how essentially good. I mean, he's a bad person, but like, he's a good person because he has a duty and he, you know, he fulfills that, you know yeah. what I mean? So in that sense, he's a good person, right? But he's not only loyal to the queen, he's loyal to his men who serve him. Um, and I'm like, that's, he's just a dope character for that reason. Like, he, it's hard not to like him, even though he is kind of crazy, but <laughs> he's a likable person. Um, and, and at the end of this convo, I like how they tasked it this way. He's like, I can't, I'm not going to be able to convince Queen Kane, Queen Kane on this. Like, I can't, but you can, right? Speaking of Magra and that conversation they had, that was one of the best moments in this show of just two people talking, <laughs> I felt like, cause you have like the long lost sister who she's essentially been chasing this whole time, basically kind of like, and with the queen and they're like trying to one up each other. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, yo, this is what it is. Um, you can either, you know, I forget the word they use, but basically give up the throne. It's like, yeah, I don't remember the word they use, but you can it's give abdicating. Yeah. Yeah. So you can do that or don't, right? They give it, but one way or another, she's not going to be the queen anymore is what they're telling her. Um, and Queen Kane's like, yeah, okay, we'll see. She's like, she's like, I'll think about it. Like I thought that, so the, the, this is like interspersed with the stuff going on with, uh, Jill Morel, but they, they cut to the scene where Magra kind of confronts her sister and it's almost starts out as like this tender moment between two siblings. And uh, you, you said like whoever did the casting is really well done because of how similar they look. Like all you gotta do is add maybe a little bit of long hair to Queen Kane. And all of a sudden you could definitely tell that they're, or you could assume they're related. Like it's really well done. Yeah, seriously. Good job by the casting there. Cause they, they look like sisters. Like, and it's funny cause you don't notice that until you find out that they're sisters and you're like, ah, oh, yeah, that works. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. I, I was going to say just, I feel like this part and you know, they kind of cut back and forth, right. Between the A line and the B line. Um, but I just feel like getting to that point, I was like, I just, you know, you're, I'm just like, I can't wait to see, cause something's going to happen. You know what I mean? It's like, I can't wait to see what happens. Right. Uh, so now, should we jump back to Daryl Morel line or should we stay? I think we should at least get to the point where the Queen Kane kind of says her ultimatum and then we can jump in to the like post Hanwa 
slash escape attempt thing. Okay. Okay. Take us through that. So the, basically, Magros confronts her sister and says, hey, like gives her the, like a knot with all like the message of what she has to do because obviously she can't re- uh, see. Um, but um, Queen King basically pulls like a, a, a Jerla Morell in this situation and says, you know the rules just as much as I do that being a being a queen or a king is a divinity and it's given by god not by what people say or whatnot the only way that i'm going to give this up is you know someone comes in here and stabs a dagger in me and this is where i thought Margaret like finally you like see such a difference in who Margaret is right here because she's like i was only doing this out of respect for you and our father and to save all of our lives <laughs> realistically and she like i don't know it just it was just so pointed that i wasn't expecting it to come from magra and it i just thought it left this like that tension build like you were saying like this beeline tension was just that was probably the most heightened it's been except maybe for when you thought tamakta june was going to jump off the top of the dam yeah yeah and so two things. The first thing, you see how Magra's like, oh, she has this kind of, she has this like strong personality to her that you don't really see, but it's like starting to come out in bits. You know what I mean? Especially right here. I think this is when you see it for real. Like, oh no, she isn't a pushover. Like she in some ways might be closer to Queen Kate than we realize. Not in the crazy sense, but like in the like, like, you know, firm hand sense. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's one, two, this goes back to what I was bringing up before about Jalen Burrell and how he uses this di- divinity and stuff like that, but it's always in his favor. Que- uh, Margaret says that to Queen Kane explicitly. She goes, it's funny how every time, you know, you say, you know, guys make his decision and stuff like that, but it always ends up working in your favor and works for you. So in that sense too, Queen Kane and Jalen Burrell are the same There's, they talk about divinity and all this stuff and like god you know we just have to listen to god and what he says but it's like why are you guys always benefiting <laughs> you know what i mean like it's weird how that happens um but yeah and and you know queen kane gives her ultimatum and she's like you're gonna have to stab me you have to bring the knife to me pretty much and Margaret's like okay i, I see we're at an impasse right <laughs> i this is what i told you you can either do it or don't it's your choice and then she like walks out and queen kane's sitting there like you know it, her expression here when i when i was looking i was like i can't tell what she's thinking which i thought was really nice like it, she was almost like blank slated um yeah i was like it, like she didn't look pissed she didn't look confused like it looked like to me it looked like she knew this was gonna happen and she was just like i'm just gonna let this play out you know what i mean like she kind of predicted this and i don't i don't know if i'm right on that but she was just kind of sitting there when like she wasn't there was no anguish or the like fucked i'm screwed i think she just knew this saw this coming at like some point right like because it's just your sister and this the power games that are being played and all that kind of stuff like she's i feel like she's probably used to that too right just given the dynamic that we know from her her kingdom it just seems like that kind of you know she has to be looking around corners so to speak and so this is just another corner to look around and or another game to, you know, play checkmate on. And um I just thought too, 
the the thing that I noticed with her is that every time she spoke, at least in maybe like the last two or so episodes when she since she's been captured, she's like really dialed up like this crazy like whenever she talks, like her face is kind of like shaking and stuff, and she gets like like fanatical or or it's almost like crazed when she's talking and it, like she just it's like really unsettling. I don't know how to describe it beyond that. Like it's you just kind of get the sense that she's really off her like kind of like just. Like almost feral, like she, like she's kind of backed into a corner, and she's gonna do whatever it takes to claw her way out of it. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, and it, it's that's an interesting point because I feel like with her, it's never been so much about the sake of the people or like about ruling her kingdom and like doing what's best for everyone and stuff like that. It's always been about her. Now the kingdom's gone, so I feel like now she can focus everything on herself. To the point where now she's she's almost becoming a god in her own eyes, which is again back to the the, <laughs> um, the parallel between Jordan Merle and her. Um, but no, that, that's a, I didn't really notice that, but that's a good point. It makes sense. It's like you know she's backed against the corner. She succeeded. You know what I mean? She succeeded before when they tried to assassinate her. So it's like it's almost like gassing her up that she's like I am like that's you know what I mean like. Again, that divinity, she's destined for this or stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, she's so interesting. I, I'm so curious to see where it goes in season two with her. I know, right? Yeah. So I think that, so we'll leave the cliffhanger there for the, the climax of part B, and we'll finish the climax of the Durla Morel Hanuma Kofun part. Because this is, I mean, all of, so from basically from this point forward, of the of this finale it's like it's just straight up planting seeds for season two <laughs> like it's it's kind of crazy how much they set up in like the last 15 minutes of this episode <laughs> they do it really nice so um where we leave off so i don't want to get taken yep Oakland's knocked out um joel morell comes to see him right they like throw him in a it might just be his bedroom. <laughs> I think it's I think it's just his bedroom because it's a cell. It's still a cell, regardless. Well, your prison. So here you go. Um, but they like trap him in there. They come to see him. And Joe Morales trying to explain to him like the reasoning. And you know, and we mentioned it before, but he's trying to he's he's partnered with that that tribe. I forget the name, it starts with a T. Um Trevantian. Trevantian. He he partnered with them and he's like, you know, Queen Cain has the strongest army she's been hunting me so like we needed forces so they partnered with them blah 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 that the strongest army known it's funny because he doesn't notice there's no kingdom so like if he wanted to doors open stupid but <laughs> like you don't need to do it but whatever they don't know so he's explaining all this stuff like the need and so like they needed blah blah blah, so kids, blah, blah, blah. and obviously kofu's like essentially like fuck you fuck off right so, he headbutts the hell out of him which i was like hell yeah <laughs> See the egos right there. You see the ego snap because he's saying he understands why he's upset. Then that happens, and he's like, you know, essentially turns around and he's like, take him out back and kill him. Just like that. He's just like, I don't need him anymore. Right. That's his son, though. And he can pass on the lineage of sight or whatever. And just like that, he's ready to discard him. Like, just get rid of him. We don't need this. So, I mean, you can see what kind of person he is there. So at this point, it's already established. Oh, morale sucks. Right. You know, so they're, they're taking him out back and 
this part is sick as hell. Oh, sorry. We didn't mention Baba Boss. I was going to mention him real quick. Oh, yeah. We should just kind of tie that little portion of it off. Yeah, yeah. And it's really quick scenes. Um, but they, uh, Baba Voss, Paris, and Bo, uh, they, they take Bo to a tribe. Um, they look really cool, by the way. They look yeah. very different than all the rest of the tribes we've seen so far. I hope they bring them up, which I'm sure they will. Um, but I hope they bring them up again because I'm curious. I'm curious who they are. I'm just, I'm just kind of like, I'm, who are they? Um, and how lucky it was that they were so close. <laughs> you know what I mean? But um, yeah, so because, you know, Bo got injured. So they brought her there and said, like, she can't stay with us. She won't survive. Can you guys look after her? And they say, yeah, only her, though. You guys need to leave. So they leave Bo there. They say their goodbyes. Um, and then they go on. And then, you know, they're, remember in the last episode, Bob and Boss was like, we're going to stay close. Yeah. Right? And assume they're close to the House of Enlightenment or ever, just kind of camping it out. And Paris wakes up in the midst of Hanuar getting captured and stuff like that. Paris like wakes up because she's a, what, what's her title? She's like a shaman or like a seer maybe. Yeah. And she like, I think she has a vision or something. She like wakes up from her sleep and she's like, Kofun, Kofun. And then Baba Boss is like, bet. <laughs> so yeah. he's, he's like, say less. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also do want to bring up one point with Bo too. Like when they say their goodbyes, there's two things that I thought were really cool. One, they, they, they just really call back to like previous parts of the season. Paris brings up what she says about her mother, right? As her mother told, tells her to leave with them and on the braft basically. And then Bo, as she says bye to Baba Voss is I stand with Baba Voss, which is literally what she said in episode one, when they were going to kill Magra. Yeah. Instead of letting the this whole thing happen, basically, and I was just like, "Damn, that that's some really cool, like, really emotional writing to really like call back, like the rest of the season, basically." Right. Yeah, I think it's foreshadowing, too, when she said that. I think I could be absolutely wrong, but I feel like it's foreshadowing to season two. Her saying, "I stand with Baba Boss." I feel like she's gonna come back because she has a shadow. Remember, I feel like she's gonna come back in a big way and probably repeat that same line. Um, I could see that or like convince that tribe to, to help for some reason or another. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll, I mean, I will get to the, how this ends for the cliffhanger or whatever, but, um, it's going to be fun because now we can make our predictions and now I don't know what's happening. So right. <laughs> um, that'll be fun. Um, yeah, it w that was good writing to bring that back because it's just nice to have that kind of loop and it makes it feel closed. Like yeah. a good for Bo, you don't feel like, well, what the hell? It's, it was a good send off. Um, and now going back to, to where Kofun's at, they're bringing him out back to kill him. And you know, why didn't it, the suspenseful scene, you know, they have the, the gun to his head or whatever, and it's like ready to happen. And you just see like these guys, this blood splatter, <laughs> they just like fall over and Baba Boss and all his badass glorious standing there and it's like. Hell yeah, dude. It's like, he's mad us. And then, man, they're at, like, from that point, for, like, the next, what, 15, 20 minutes? Yeah, about that. Maybe, okay. maybe, maybe, like, 10 minutes uh, is just this. I don't know. It's kind of backtracking through the points that Hanwa and Kofun were just showed around to the scene inside of the library. And it's like, it's like a reverse, like, horror thriller scene where you have your protagonist playing the role of, you know, murderer or, <laughs> or whatever you want to call it and, and looking for Jerlyn Morrell. 
and he's like monologuing this whole time, kind of just talking shit. <laughs> and it's just, I don't know, it's it's so good. <laughs> but he says some funny stuff at like points in that face, like you know what I mean. Um, so I was like, interested that I mean that fight scene was dope. I, it was dope because one, obviously, Joe can see, right? So he's kind of like, at first, he's kind of the hidden figure. He, he's in the room, but he's not really there. Like you can't see him. Um, and what's dope about this is, you know, Baba Voss is like, you gave away my daughter. You did this, like you gave her this tribe. He's like, oh, it's your fault. They only wanted her. They only wanted your kids. Cause you know, they're your kids. And he was like, who'd you give them to? And he says, eat all Voss, which is Baba Voss's brother. They don't mention this guy. I don't think, I don't think they mentioned, they mentioned a little bit about his family, where he came from, right? He came from like a slaver and then he left them. So, you know, it's like. I don't think they have the best relationship. <laughs> it's, it's safe to assume at this point, right? They're, they're, they probably don't like each other or they're not speaking unspeaking terms. Yeah. What <laughs> a Thanksgiving. Um, <laughs> but like, you know, they, they just say that and you're kind of like, that's probably not good, but you don't, we don't know much, but the acting here, when he like kind of pauses and you can, it's almost like fear. Like he was like, oh fuck. Like he realized how bad that was. Um, so. Okay, that's like a little bit of the cliffhanger setting up season two. As he said, it was all like set up, right? And so, you know, that the fight goes on. Um, there's that point where it's like Bob Boss kind of getting his ass kicked a little bit. Obviously, can't see. Dude has a gun. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he got shot too. I think he got like shot like up in his right shoulder area. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he then, still was a badass. Still was a badass too. It's like, damn, dude. And then Coach would be the rescue, right? He shuts the lights off lights off he turns off the generator or whatever and then baba boss is like oh i think he says you're in my world now he did oh. i thought that was so badass because like all of a sudden it's like the tables get turned from the beginning of this scene to once the lights go off then all of a sudden it's baba boss playing in the dark and yeah. like you know it's a weird right yeah like we don't know where he is but we're seeing it from joe morale's point of view or before yeah. we're around so that was, that was dope <laughs> definitely dope um I mean, that's the, like the way he was fighting and like Joe Morales, like panic though, right? Because his, his entire identity, his entire belief system, all this stuff is based solely on the fact that he can see, right? Now you yeah. Yeah. see that he's like, no, he's nothing. Like he's not special. There's nothing awesome about this dude. The second you take his side away <clears throat> where Papa Ross was still holding up his own when Joe Morales had his, his handicap, you know what I mean? Yeah. Which is interesting because it's like he relies, and Bobby Voss has said this before. At, um, I think the line is like, don't be blinded by sight or something like that. I think that don't be blinded by your gift. By your gift. Yeah. And um, I think that you're seeing that's what happened to Joe Moreau, right? Because he's, he literally has nothing without it. Nothing without it. And even with it, he was barely like, he was struggling to kill a dude who couldn't even see him. Like, I think it's funny too, is he was even told Kofun this earlier. He's like, even when you were out there, you were stumbling in the dark, kind of talking shit to like, un like uncivilized people. Right. And I think in this way, you kind of get to see that it's almost a veneer. Like oh, he's just been using this as a crutch and he doesn't really mean what he says. And now all of a sudden you turn off, you know, you, you remove the comforts that he has and he becomes, you know, less than very clearly, right? Like Baba Voss can do more, more, much more than most people can, even though he's been handicapped his whole life, right? 
he's had to be aware. He's had to like really focus on other things where Joe Morrell was just like, oh, I can do this. That makes life easy. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I, I was going to bring up, you, you've actually been posting a lot and you might be able to comment on this more, but you posted something maybe earlier this week or last week. And it was like, if everything comes easy, then nothing's like worth it anymore. I'm probably butchering that line. You, you know what I'm referring to? I think so. It, it's something like it, when think, when things are too easy, you, it's like you atrophy in some sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what's happening to Joe Morrell and what Bobby Voss has been warning to. Like, you know, if you just, life is easier for you because you have this, right? So things come to you easier. But if you rely exclusively on that and ignore all these other things that, you know, Bobby Voss and them had to really pay attention to just to survive, you become less than the second that's gone because you're so focused on that, right? And that's what he's warning Kofun against. And Hanu, while you can see her kind of like, yeah, whatever, I can see you, can't, whatever. You know what I mean? So you see that app um, and you see it in fruition right now, which I think is dope. That's why I'm like, this fight scene, it was brutal, especially how it ends. Um, it was brutal, but it wasn't as brutal as some of the other ones. I think it was more, like to me, it was like more of a dialogue, but like through fighting. I might yeah, like I could see that. And it was like, it was just bringing up both sides of the coin and showing you like what they've been articulating this whole time. And that's what this fight represented. It wasn't necessarily like, we're going to show you this amazing, crazy fight scene, which it still was, it was still dope, choreographed nice, but I think it served a bigger purpose in that, right? Especially at the end, right? When, you know, they're, they're tangled up with each other on the ground and, uh, I don't know if Baba Boss does jujitsu or some shit, but like it looks it looks like it. It looks very much jujitsu, like MMA grounded pound. <laughs> I go choke. I'm like, yo, that's what's up, man. And so like uh BJ Penn would be proud. But you know, he's he has him in this choke. Um and right before this, there's like one of the other sons is coming up and he has a rifle and he's like aiming in on Baba Boss, like ready to shoot him, which risky dude, because they're on the ground, so whatever. But he's like ready to shoot him. And you hear chat chat or whatever they say, right? And then Kofun smacks him over the head. I'm like, hell yeah, that was bad. So as that's happening, you know, Baba Boss has him on the ground and he digs his thumbs into Joe Morales' eyes and just like gouges his eyes out. So that was the brutal part. I was like, ugh. <laughs> you know, just, yeah. Um, just desserts though. Literally. So that whole dialogue I was talking about, it adds just like, now you don't have it. Now you're done. And they kind of, they leave him there. And I don't think he's dead. I don't think he's dead either. Uh, they could have made it very explicitly that they killed him, but I don't think that was the point of this. Yeah. I, I think this is more of like, um, it was like a philo philosophical battle. I think like you have like Baba Voss is like a more holistic approach to life, you know, accepting people as they are working within your limitations and all of that kind of stuff. Whereas, um, Driller Merrill kind of represents the more extreme viewpoints of like, maybe even just saying like the ends just justify the means, you know, like if you're trying to, you know, build the world of tomorrow, you're going to have to, you know, some bodies are going to have to be stacked up and, you know, they might be my own kids too. So, oops. <laughs> but in the grand scheme of things, are those, you know, are those bodies going to matter? Maybe not, but does it mean that's right? No. <laughs> You can't see so far gone. You can't see that. Yeah. We can't see anything else. <laughs> but yeah, in these shows, I'll say time and time again, 
if they don't, especially a main character, if they don't show them die, they're not dead. It's just, just trust that. You know yeah. I mean? Um, so I don't think he is. They kind of left in there. Um, you know, they got the, like, Kofu is like, are you okay to Baba Boss? And he's like, no, I'm not. Uh, I mean, he was just shot. I think he was like stabbed in the leg at one point. Yeah. He's got, he's got a leg wound and a shoulder wound. Probably one, one other knife wound. <laughs> Basically he's like, can we go? He's like, can we go? Um, so I did, I did have a question, right? I don't know. Maybe you can point this out, but I noticed what was the point of them going to do that? To like, like fight Jerla Morel? Yeah, Cause like they didn't kill him. Well, okay. Maybe it was to figure out where Hanima was going. Maybe that was the only point. Yes. <laughs> but Jerla Morel kind of gave up that information really easily. You know what I mean? Um, so I was just like, I like, hmm. and I just had a question. I was like, I kind of didn't see the necessity for it. Because he saved Kofu, they could have just left at that point, right? And then even if you want to say the point was to figure out where Hanuman went, he told them they could have just been like, all right, bet, and then like just left. You know what I mean? Because because John Morel was opening the door, he's like, we don't have to do this. It doesn't have to be this way. They could have just been like, all right, bet, we're going to go. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, so kind of like, I, I, I mean, this is like, I think the only thing I can say about the show, but I was just. Yeah, the bigger purpose of that was because it didn't seem like it was absolutely necessary that that took place. Yeah, you know, I, I don't. That's a good point. I didn't really catch that just because I was kind of just wrapped up in the moment. And it, I think to me, I think it's just more of an emotional thing, right? Like Baba Voss is just kind of emotional because it's like you just gave away my daughter, you son of a bitch. You know, like yeah, I, I, I don't think. I think that's the only reason more than anything else. It's just like, he's pissed and you're the obstacle in my way or the obstacle that caused this situation. So we're going to neutralize this threat for right now. And I'm going to make you hurt for it. And that's like, that's really just it. <laughs> oh, I mean, you're, yeah. And you're probably right. It probably was just like a revenge. Like I'm gonna fuck you up. Like, and plus I'm I feel like it's just bubbling this whole season, right? Like Baba Voss versus Drilla Morel. Like, isn't that the question in everybody's mind? Who's better? Because yeah. it's been like the subtle digs this whole time of like, who's the better father in quotes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm happy it happened. I'm not saying it's whatever, like get that happened. Cause I love that scene. And so, uh, but I guess I was just like, I wonder what the bigger picture was, but I think you, you're probably right. It probably was just like, I'm going to fuck you up. <laughs> like, I'm Baba Boss. I brought my kids to you. You gave my daughter away to her uncle, which nowadays doesn't seem like the worst thing, but <laughs> it is, it's like definitely terrible. Um, so yeah, but I mean, it was, it was a dope scene. I love the way they shot it. The writing was good. It was entertaining. At the end of the day, it was like, just like that. It was like rewarding too. Cause we were like, like you said, leading up this whole season, you're like, you knew something was going to go down and you got rewarded for it. Yeah. Yeah. That essentially wraps up their storyline. Um, Back to Queen Kane. Yeah, back to Queen Kane. And this is shit. This, this, this was another one of those oh shit moments. <laughs> like six times. Like, <laughs> oh shit. Oh shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, the scene, you know, it starts off as uh, Tamaki June and uh, Magra. They're like, okay, she hasn't given up the throne, right? 
So let's go take it from her. Right. So they're walking into wherever she's staying. It's like the house. I think it's where the, the crazy guy who ran the place before stayed. Um, so she's in there and they're walking there and she looks up at Tamaki June and she's like, oh, witch finder. But she, I guess she doesn't look at him, but you know what I mean? <laughs> she's like, oh, witch finder. Uh, like you're going to be the one to do this kind of like surprise, but she's not so surprised. Right. It's not like she's like, like taken aback. You know what I mean? She's just kind of like, hmm, okay. And right as he's about to do the deed, you know what I mean? He gets stabbed. In the back, right? Does he get stabbed in the back? Like around the, like around the front. Yeah. From the back though. Yeah. the tag. And who else would it be, but our least favorite character in this entire show, fucking boots. <laughs> stabs this dude. And I'm like, I was like, you can not even fight the guy. Like you can, come on. It's crazy. Like he's a cowardly dude. He can see, and he still had to sneak up on him. Right. Um, them, but that I can't so wait for Boots to get his ass kicked. I am so like I'm not I, I'm not happy that this happened to Demonte June. Like, but god damn it, yeah. Like, I thought he was gonna go out with a bang. You can assume he's gonna go. Out. He's a bad guy, essentially, right? But like how much of a badass this dude was, you thought it was gonna be this like huge thing. Mm -hmm. I thought it'd be Baba Voss versus Tamaki June. There's gonna be this epic fight. No, man, some little fuck boy comes up and stabs him. <laughs> like, dude, I, I, I'm right with you because I hate boots even more. Like for everything else, I already hate the dude. But after this, I'm like, oh, you robbed me of that. I'm glad it's like, to like, have this dope, like final battle or some shit. Um, <laughs> but anyway, um, you know, so he falls down and. Queen Kane, she says a dope line, like, you know, she knows what's going on. She says a dope line, Margaret's like, stop, stop, what are you doing? And Queen Kane like pulls her and she's like, okay, like we, we have to get our story straight because you know, they're going to be pissed or witch finders that they're going to come from both of us. So what we say is like, he basically couldn't live with his failure by seeing me like this and everything I went through that he followed the, the old way and took his own life because he failed. Right. And she's like, so we can both say that and then we'll still have them. But if the stories are mixed up, people are going to get confused and then who knows what happens. Right? And we both die. <laughs> uh, but what she says about Tamaki June, when she's like, what have you done? What have you done? She goes, she uses a metaphor and she's like, if, you know, if you have a dog and the dog bites you, no matter all the memories, the good memories you have of that dog, you still have to put him down. And I was like. Damn, she's ruthless. Like she doesn't care. <laughs> like at the end of the day, like remember how we we're, you know, saying there might be this romantic element, like how she it looked like she cared for him and stuff like this. This is why when we brought it up before, I was like laughing. I'm like, damn, but like, does she? Like goes <laughs> against her. She doesn't care. She's like, oh, yeah. all of that is gone. Like, thank you for what you did. I think she even says thank you for your service. I yeah, that, like she closes his eyes as she as he like kneels down or his body is like kneeling down. He goes, you know, thank you for your service. I was like, damn. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was like, dude, Queen Kane is just a badass man. I think she's very calculated. Um, oh, incredibly. Nothing uh, like I was saying. Her blank expression. I was like, it seemed like nothing phased her. Uh, yeah, game face on. She's like, okay, okay. I see the I see the, the you know cards out in front of me. <laughs> you next. <laughs> So, you know, after that, they, you know, they go out and they, they speak to the, the soldiers and they say, you know, they say the story that they made up that Tamaki June took his own life, blah, blah, blah. And as she's giving the speech, I don't know if you caught this, as she's giving the speech, Magra like interrupts and continues and Kane's like, 
<laughs> like looks at her like, but I thought um, the camera move in that situation was great because yeah. it's like centered on on uh, Queen Kane's face for the majority of it, and then as soon as like Magra senses Queen Kane's gonna say something dumb, and then she interjects and the camera slowly pans over until she's the the one in the in fully in frame, which is I I don't know it just felt great to see that. The other thing too is you notice so it like cut scenes between the 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 killing of Tamakta June and then the the speech to the army but now Magra is still wearing white and Queen Kane has like a black feather like cloak around her so now you have both sisters standing side by side one wearing white and one wearing black they're embodiment of yin and yang yeah. literally holy shit i didn't notice it that's really dope that's i didn't notice that that's dope as hell <laughs> that's dope as hell you even called that out episodes ago about the how she's like the only one who wears white so that's that's really interesting um and what's even makes that even more interesting is that last little bit of dialogue where queen kane is like uh i think margaret says something like we'll build we'll build a world for the sighted and the blind or something along those lines like yeah like no no witch finders no um superstitions stuff like that like she's very it's like very positive like world like world like building a new world in in a, in a positive way like in a progressive sense like we're, yeah and um so where magra or queen queen kane responds she's like oh no witch finders that must mean there's no witches then um but she's like okay we'll, we'll build a world where everyone is you know together right she's like well if we're gonna have a world of the sighted you know i need i need to marry marry a sighted man she's like she's like i need a king you know i need a king that's gonna give me sighted children and she's like, but Joe Morrell already burned me, so I'm not going to do that again. And Magra's like, what are you getting at? And she's like, tell me about your son. The first time I heard that, I was like, oh, you motherfucker. <laughs> That's what I said. I was like, oh, oh, God. <laughs> and it's like, dude, Queen Kane is ruthless, man. She is ruthless. She doesn't care. And they, they leave it at that. I think they cut away and then you don't see him again. And I'm yeah. like, oh, dude, so season two is going to be like her hunting Kofu. It was very weird. But tribal planet in Queens. Clearly, Queen Kane doesn't care. We already know that. Um, like, does she not realize that's incest, lady? Okay. She don't care. She wants her sighted babies. She crazy. Yeah. And so, and then it ends. Uh, that's the end of their line. And then, it, you know, it cuts back for the final scene. You see Baba, Paris, and Kofu, and they're like looking out over this like vast space of land. And in the distance, you see these towers of God bone and like smoke. It like, looks like a, like a terrible just run down city you know what i mean it just it looks evil it looks like you don't want to take a vacation there um and you know that's that's where honey was and the last line of the season is uh baba boss saying let's go get your sister and then it's um it's too soon i want more i want more <laughs> and i so first i was saying this before first time watching i didn't I thought this was going to be a one season thing and then over just because the budget was so high and then Jason Momoa is a, you know, at, at the very least just Jason Momoa is like, you know, he's a, doing so many different things. I'm like, that's a, he's an A-list actor to do his TV show. It's kind of not that heard of. Maybe it's going to start happening more and more. But I was like, this must be, just be like a one season show. And then like you get what you get limited series type thing. Well, we got season two. It's dope. I'm. I am so excited to see what season two has. And um, 
I mean, just from a season finale type thing, this is one of those ones that I'm like not disappointed at all. It kind of gave me everything I wanted and a little bit more. Um, just from what it's been building to this whole time, it just feels complete in in a really good way. Like uh, I'm I'm and it's also like complete in a sense, like there's enough cliffhangers, like enough things that are happening because one of the other scenes, so there's one more scene, they cut back to them leaving the the Magra and Queen Cain leaving the city of worms and they're burning it down. And it kind of flies into where um Tamakta June was killed. And he's still kneeling there. And I'm a little disappointed because I wanted to see his eyes open, but it didn't happen. So it's kind of safe to say he's actually dead, but I'm holding out a whole bunch of hope that he's still not dead and I can't wait for him because he's got to kill Boots. Please. <laughs> yeah, it, I, I forgot about that. And I was like, they showed him for a reason. Yeah, I guess for a reason. Uh, Every second matters in the show and they wouldn't show him if it didn't matter. <laughs> I mean, they showed his face. They like, it was like a close on his face. So I was like, that was very deliberate. So hopefully, hopefully he's not dead. Um, if he's not, it's like, bro, get out of that house, dog. It's on fire. Sorry, dude. Um, no, like, can't you feel that? Like, you got to get moving, or you're gonna get crispy real quick. <laughs> For real. Um, but no, I hope you're right. I hope he comes back. I hope we get that that climactic battle of Tamaki June versus whoever boots, especially. Yeah. yeah. Satisfying if he's the one who rids us of boots. Yeah. If it's not Tamakta June, I want it to be Kofu. Yeah. It's good. There's so many possibilities. The thing is, the thing is, we're prediction later, right? Uh, I don't think Kofu would kill him. I hate that you're right. I hate that you're right. So, but it might be a dope fight and Kofu might win, but I feel like he'd stop short. You know what I mean? And then that's when Hanwa comes in with the bow. Pow, pow. <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I can't wait to watch. Do the uh, so Baba Boss's brother is uh, Dave Bautista, which is another A-list actor at this point, like crazy. Yeah. So I I haven't seen much. I try to avoid watching any trailers and stuff. I was like, I just kind of want to be surprised. But when we get there, I'm so excited. Yeah. So yeah, we'll 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 kind of enter in like what's next phase because I've enjoyed doing these deep dives as much as we have over the last. Man, it's eight episodes, so like eight weeks of doing this. It's crazy. Um, so we're going to continue to do these probably indefinitely in some form or fashion. If it's not TV shows, it'll be movies, which, we're, yeah, they'll be they'll be the first one of those very, very soon. And then uh, the, or it's already out at, by the time this one's out. And then the other one is probably continuing with foundation series that is also an apple tv exclusive so we're thinking just to kind of palate cleanse so we're not just kind of always immersed in the world of sea we'll take a, a quick departure and do foundation or something else for a couple weeks and then maybe we'll bounce back and forth between different shows to kind of give ourselves a a breather so we're not just being one note yeah yeah and that, no i think that's a perfect idea and because i know we're both excited to watch foundation um We've been talking about it. I'm pretty sure you said you bought the book. Yeah, I have the I have the audiobook right now. I haven't started it yet because I mean I have so many sci-fi things I need to like get my hands on at this point. I don't know where to start. <laughs> um, but yeah, Foundation is like I, I'm so excited to to watch that. I I have very high expectations. Um, 
it looked like from what I've seen, it looks beautiful, beautifully shot. Uh, the VFX on there, that'll be fun to talk about. Um, that'd be cool. And then, you know, we'll spurs that in with some C2, which, you know, both of those shows will be watching in real time. So we can get like the real reaction. Like super raw. <laughs> Not me knowing what happens. And I'm like, I have to really be careful what I say. <laughs> uh, I mean, you did a great, I, I promise to you for being great on the, on the back end with not being able to like accidentally give away key details that, you know, will adjust as you know, the, the season unfolded because you didn't give away nothing. It was hard. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, it was hard because you would say something and I'm like, oh, that's so right. And then I'm like, oh, he's gonna hate this. <laughs> he's gonna hate when this happens. Um. But yeah, no, it, it was fun. It, it was good to watch again, to kind of be able to look at it from, you know, not just entertaining, but from like analytical point of view too. Yeah. But no, and yeah, I mean, I really enjoy doing these. I can't wait to start the next couple of shows we watch and then for tomorrow or whenever. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll be, we'll be recording it tomorrow, but it'll be out by, that's going to be the next thing I release. Because yeah. I, I want to get that one out before it's too late for the people who haven't watched it on HBO. Cause I believe. Dune leaves HBO the 21st of this month. So I would say, yeah. So I want to get that Dune exploration out ASAP for people so that if you sleep on it, you don't miss out because it's so worth it. <laughs> yeah. And so this is your first time watching on home. This will be mine too. Um, it's going to be a fun combo. I can't wait. It's going to yeah. be dope. <laughs> well, any other. Any other points that we want to hit about the finale of season one of C? Yeah. Um, I'll go first and then, and then I'll let you go. Um, I was, this was one of the total seasons, right? From beginning to end that I was like this show, I've never liked the show or ranked a show this high off the first season. It's usually like, you see the first season, you're like, oh, that was good. But then like, you kind of need it to build and like, well, I'll wait. But just from watching this first season, I was like, it was done so well. It was interesting. It's immersive. They pay attention to detail, all these things we pit. I'm just like, it's in my top five already. Like, unless the second season is just like a, like a steep decline of quality, then like, I don't, I don't see it changing. I have to see it only getting higher on my list. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's a fun time watching again. This was my second time watching it and I was still just as entertained as the first. And I didn't, it wasn't that long ago that I watched it for the first time. It was a couple months ago. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed it. Um, and props to everyone who had a, who had a hand in making it. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's really something I highly recommend for anyone, you know, who's watching this, who hasn't seen it. Obviously I hope if you haven't seen it, I hope you're not watching this episode, but, <laughs> but, um, it's a really good show and, and I just hope it continues to grow in more popularity. Yeah. I, I have to second that in a, in a lot of ways, like. So for me, this is obviously the first time I watched it, but you know, a lot of times it, it feels like some of these shows, especially season one, it takes like three, four or so episodes for like the show to kind of build, like the actors themselves are trying to figure out how they want to portray the characters and, or where they want the story to go. Like, you know, they see what resonates with people and then they build the show from there kind of thing. Um, but this one, it felt like they had like this trajectory kind of planned and maybe that's why it worked so well. Like they. It, the idea was fleshed out from the beginning so that it just, it was basically just a really long movie it, it, in some sense. <laughs> there was an eight hour movie. <laughs> and um, 
you know, just the attention to detail in the show that uh, I think we harped on that probably for like the first six episodes. We, we brought up the same kind of little tiny things every time. <laughs> and, um, but it, it shows, right? Like it's a, it's a true, like mastery of craft. If that's what where you enjoy about things that I thought that's this, what this kind of show does. And there's just a lot of like, you know, philosophical ideas about human experience that really you get to play with. You know, we, we talked about many, many different things from, you know, books they show that they, it's really just a title, but you can still pull on threads of it or, you know, the interactions from the children that show like this racism thing and like how even in this finale, racism kind of is showing up its ugly head again. And it's like, yeah, you know, it makes your skin crawl because you're like, ew, that's, you know, there's something wrong with these ideas. And it allows you to play with these in a context that's not so close to home and actually give you a, a, playground and i know that sounds weird to some people but it's a playground for which you can understand you know a lot of these ideas that feel hard to play with right like if you just read it in a book it doesn't have the same context it's almost like what jill Morel said about oh i read about the shower and he, he, he goes i'm sure this is going to be more satisfying once you get to experience it and i think that's what you know shows like this allow you to do in, in a in a fun way if you want to take it there yeah, no, I th I think you're spot on. Um, yeah, I think you're absolutely spot on. And it's just a fun, at the end of the day, too, most important, I think it's just a fun show. <laughs> it's just fun. It's enjoyable to watch, right? It's just a good time. Uh, it's not necessarily a family show, so there's that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it kind of is, it's, you know, it's, a, it's all about family, realistic. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, I'll say I didn't warn you if you want your if you want your kids to watch it, you're gonna really like it. Um, but yeah, no, it, you're spot on. It's a fun show. Um, I don't know. I feel like I feel like we've sung its praises. So. We definitely have. And so with that, it's not over to be continued. But not only with C, but many more breakdowns to come because this is I don't know. Maybe maybe we should do like book breakdowns or something uh, at, at some point. But I really like doing these breakdown podcasts because it gives us a, a license to just be a little bit more focused on like an idea or something. And you can just kind of have fun with teasing apart the little intricacies that you may not notice just, you know, watching it for the first time and seeing what resonates with people or what doesn't. Right. So it's dope. 